Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Doing the Thing podcast. I'm joined, as always, by my friend and co-host, Jason Madden. How's it going, Jason? It's going great, man. It's a beautiful Monday here in Albuquerque. Beautiful Monday. Oh, man, here we're, there's something called a bomb cyclone that, that is hitting off the coast of California. And we're expecting some major storms, yes. Um, I think it hit in the northern part, but uh, I'm looking out the window right now, and it looks pretty threatening. So if yeah, the power I, goes out. <laughs> I don't know what happened. <laughs> I'll, yeah. I'll carry yeah. on. Yeah, All I saw the podcast the news. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was looking at like the few times I do look at the news anymore these days. I was looking at <laughs> nothing but Northern California just getting smashed by the weather, man. So be safe over there. I hope you guys got some sandbags if you need them. And I don't know if you will, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're lucky. We're on the top of the hill, um, so we're gonna yep. be good. Yeah, and, and you're not you're you're actually gonna be creating the mudslide instead of the, being the recipient <laughs> of the mudslide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I should go down and apologize to my late neighbors below. <laughs> yes. Yeah, apologize so, um, in advance. You know, apologize in advance. Yeah, Jason and I were talking, and one of the things that commonly our clients ask us is, uh, hey, you know, I've been a W-2 wage earner my whole career, and now I'm looking at, you know, maybe getting, getting in business for myself, and how do I do that? Like, how do I structure things? Um <laughs> Excuse me. Coffee went down the wrong way. Um, I can't be there to yeah. give you the Heimlich, man. <laughs> my, my wife just left, too, um, for a poker tournament, so she can't help either. It'll have to be Dr. Hachi. Oh, <laughs> he, can ha- he can handle it. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it's a common question when you've been a W-2 wage earner your whole life. Um, you know, it's a common question, like, what's a good corporate structure for me? And how do I get things set up and all that? So we thought we would spend um, today's session of the podcast just kind of talking through, first of all, at a high level, uh, what are the advantages of having your own corporation? What are the things to think about before you think about the correct structure? And actually get into the structures themselves and kind of explain the benefits, the challenges, the differences, the opportunities, all that kind of good stuff. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. I'm ready, man. This is this is a great topic because every every time I'm working with somebody, um, and and they're uh, they're getting to that point where they're they're ready to get started. This is a conversation that we have every single time, and sometimes it's broken up into multiple conversations because there's there's a lot of information out there, and and sometimes there's too much information. So so what I like about what we're going to do with this session is we're not going to go over everything, all the things that are out there, because it might not even really apply to you. Uh, But we're going to go over the most important ones, the ones that apply to most businesses, um, especially like in the the sphere of what what we typically deal with. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the first thing that's interesting to talk about is, um, and I had this experience with a client of mine where they're like, listen, I've been making a quarter million dollars a year, you know, W-2, and I want to continue to do that. And the first conversation we had around uh, was around, it doesn't really matter what you make. It only matters what you keep. (laughs) 
Yep. You know, when you are like I was for so many years, 25 plus years in corporate America, um, we tend to think of that W-2 top line, right? And not necessarily all the things that fall below that, uh, that become taxable consequences. And in fact, um, having your own corporation is probably the last bastion of tax savings um, that's available to you, right? Oh, yeah. I agree with that. I definitely agree with that because there's so much you can do as far as write-offs and, and reimbursements and things like that to, you know, not only uh, preserve your, your income, but, you know, just kind of uh, return some of those things that you worked really hard for. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, a, a quick exercise for all of you listening is uh, if you happen to be at home, it, probably can't do this if you're at your workplace, but you and maybe you can imagine, but if you just kind of look around your home office and your home and start to think about all the things that after you've paid income tax, you're then buying with what's left from that and begin to think about how those could qualify into a business. Let's talk about your desk, your computer, your phone, the paper that you're writing on, right? Um, even into housekeeping expense for a portion, utilities for a portion. Um, I just had our groundskeeper come through the property. Luckily, he's gone, so you're not going to hear that big wind machine, whatever that's called. Um, <laughs> but all those things can apply um, from a business expense perspective and reduce your taxable income, even into leasing a vehicle if you're using it, a large portion of it for business. Um, mm -hmm. Those become deductible events as well, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So it makes your, your pay stub look a little bit smaller. Uh, and you take the account reimbursements and those and those write-offs, it it starts to it starts to add up a lot. And and I actually I actually put into perspective um, with with some of my military buddies and some of the guys I work with that are still active duty looking to start a business as part of their tra transition uh, out of the out of the service is think about it like your like the military seniors like NCOs officers things like that they get basic allowance for housing BAH and that's that's because it's you know adjusting your your base income your base pay for where you're at because service members mm -hmm. can go into very affluent areas and a base pay for a service member is not going to cover it so the military gives you a non-taxable BAH and that you know think about it kind of like that think about it like your your BAH you're getting this extra stuff reimbursements write-offs and things like that it just doesn't show up on that, like you said, that top line of your, your pay stub as general income. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Jason and I, we've shared this with the audience, but we work um, in passive revenue stream, kind of real estate investment strategies. We work with business licensing. We work with resale businesses and even in the franchising. And in the case of franchising, the initial franchise fee, whatever that number is, let's just say it's $40,000. For that 10-year term, each of those 10 years, $4,000 becomes depreciable against your taxes, right? So, um, yeah, the idea is, and maybe your wages can equal or exceed your W-2 over time. Maybe they do right out of the gate. You know, all those things depend. But the idea is how can you mitigate that, that tax loss? Um, yeah. 
in, in a legal way, right? And so that's part of what we want to talk about uh, with regard to corporate structures. Um, but beyond tax, some of the other things to think about is the compliance requirements. Um, depending on how you structure yourself, there may be filings and there may be fees, and we're going to talk about those in specific. Um, yeah. Is your company, do you have a hope for your company to go public one day, or are you going to stay private? Are you going to have employees or a partner or a combination of both? Um, and probably as important as all those other things, what sort of liability protections do you want for yourself and your family? Um, yes. Play a big role into this, right? Separating your business from your personal assets is a uh, good thing. <laughs> you need to think about that early on and how you're going to make that separation and, and how you're going to protect uh, your stuff versus your businesses. Yeah, and, you know, in the context of the work that Jason and I do, we're certainly going to speak to that. But for those of you listening who maybe are thinking about starting your own startup organization, it's helpful to hear about the different structures as well and know what they are. And let's start with um, the simplest of all of them, sole proprietor, um, mm -hmm. also known as doing business as or DBA. Um, really easy to set up, very, very low cost to set up. Uh, I think the only regulatory step is you have to file a notification with your local newspaper to say, this is the name I want. People have like 90 days to contest that name. And if nobody contests it, you are now a sole proprietor doing business as. Yep. Whatever your trade name is. Yeah. Whatever your trade name is. Yeah. So Jason Madden, dead pressing, <laughs> dead lifting. Um, you know, if you, I set up a DBA many, many years ago. And if you are testing the waters of an idea that you want to do, uh, in my case, it was my first fledgling book, which was a terrible book, by the way. And I set up the book under my DBA goal getters um, because I didn't know if it would take off in the market. And if it did, then I would do some other things. But if you're in either a new idea or a very low risk scenario where there isn't the potential for lawsuits and liability, um, DBA may be the right way to go. Uh, the yeah. challenge, though, is it doesn't separate your personal assets from your business assets. You so, are doing business as this business. So if your book took off and, and you made a million dollars, there was not a lot of separation there and, and you get taxed as somebody that's making, you know, an income of a million dollars rather than a business, you know, making an income of a million dollars or grossing a million dollars. So difference between language there, grossing and income. So, mm -hmm. so you could, you could write off more with the gross versus your income of a million dollars. Yeah, hundred percent. And the other thing about a DBA is from a auditability perspective, there aren't a lot of shields in place. Um, and because there's such a low barrier of entry, if you start to make good money in a DBA scenario, the likelihood of you being audited for things like home office and other kinds of deductions become much greater and you don't have the corporate shield to protect you. So the chances yeah. of the IRS knocking on your door today or into the future just increase a little bit. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. And, and there's, you know, who's to say though, if you're, if your product or concept takes off, as a sole proprietor, you can't go ahead and go into some other corporate structure. That's possible. Yeah. 
Yeah, 100% possible. And in fact, let's begin to talk about some of the other ones. So what's the next stru structure of the team? I would say an LLC. You're, I mean, that's the tried and proven, you know, most people use that. Um, you know, it's a, you could do it for both corporations and partnerships. It's very flexible. Uh, and you could even file as a corporation, you know, an S-Corp or something like that uh, as an LLC. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about S-Corps in a little bit, but let's focus on that. So that's that's the best way to protect your personal assets, like your vehicles, your house, savings accounts. None of that stuff's going to be at risk in case that LLC faces, you know, lawsuits or bankruptcy or things like that. So it's it's actually really simple to put it together in LLC as well. It's probably the, you know, you said partnership was, I mean, a sole proprietorship was super easy to do. LLC, kind of the same thing. You're taking one extra step by registering with the federal government. And, and that way you get your, your EIN number. Yeah, so there's a couple additional differences. So you mentioned S Corp and LLC, and we're going to stay on the LLC for now. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but if you form an LLC, first of all, it is a Schedule C pass-through on your personal taxes. So everything business income or business expense-wise, the income goes in your personal income, the expenses come out in the Schedule C and reduce your taxable income at the end of the day, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, LLC can have partners within it, um, and I think the limitation is up to 100. You are not required to have a board of directors in an LLC. Nope. nope. Um, and from a tax advantage perspective, yeah, there's there's a couple of extra filings involved. There's a little bit of expense setting up the LLC. Um, you have to make sure your name is registered with the state and is not mm -hmm. a name being used by someone in your same industry already in practice, but pretty easy to find a good corporate name. Um, yeah. And then companies like LegalZoom just make it so easy. Oh, man. Yeah. And this is not a commercial for them, but I, I've used LegalZoom <laughs> a, a lot of times because they also give you that registered agent service which is probably mm -hmm. cheaper than any any attorney can give you. Like, for example, I worked with an attorney one time that uh, wanted to act as my registered agent uh, with a, a $900 bill every year uh, to be able to act as that registered agent, which basically lets us know when we have, you know, compliance things to do. And sometimes they can act on your behalf on, on, on taking care of those compliance things, but usually not. Usually your tax mm. accountant can. Um, LegalZoom, I think when I transitioned over to them, I think I'm paying like maybe $200 a year um, for the registered agent service because it's not a, you know, it's needed and required. Um, but, you know, registered agent doesn't do a ton. They don't do, they definitely don't do $1,000 worth of work every year for you. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it's it's a fairly simple. passive situation. Pretty simple on the compliance perspective, but what is important about an LLC? Again, if you think about the step from W-2 wage to doing business as, the major issue is um, IRS and potential liabilities. And an LLC bridges the gap between those two things. And it, you're yep. still filing a non-complex filing. There's not dual taxation, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But what it does do is protect your vehicles and your house and your family. Yeah. You know, we don't get into business thinking about, you know, 
things aren't going to work out, we're going to get sued, right? But, you know, having the protections and the peace of mind knowing that if something terrible happened that surprises us, we still aren't putting our family at risk. I think it's worth the $600 to set up an LLC. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Um, another thing, you know, I think my drawback, I mean, it can you can make it a pro or a con, um, is that, you know, instead of putting yourself up on a W-2 as an employee of your business, a lot of LLC businesses, instead of paying themselves through a payroll as a W-2 employee of their own business, they do it through uh, draws. So they take out what they think that uh, makes the most sense for them, either monthly or bi-monthly. There's really no, no rule on how often you could take a draw as an owner, and that's owner's pay. So that's how much you take out of the business for your own personal pay. Um, you don't get taxed every month like you would out of your, your W-2 paycheck. But the taxes, they come they come quarterly or at the end of the year. So so you have to kind of think about that when you're structuring a little bit. Do you, do you like the idea of having that tax taken out right away uh, every month, or do you want to do that draw system and do it quarterly or annually? Um, so that's something yeah. to kind of think about there. Yeah, those are good points. And the other thing I would say, too, around the LLC and will lead into the S-Corp is many clients that we work with um, may ha currently have um, corporate roles. And their goal is to keep that corporate role, but to develop what we call a semi-absentee or a second revenue stream, such that over the course of two or three years or you know, however long it might take them a year, uh, depending on how they build their organization, they want to have that second revenue stream built up to the place where they could step away from corporate America and have that income replaced, right? Yep. Um, and if you're set up as an LLC, you still have your wage coming in on your personal taxes, but then you have the Schedule C for the secondary business where all of those potential deductions can reduce that taxable income. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it makes it a little bit easier, a little less things on your mind, especially if you're doing a business plus a full-time job, it makes a, clears up the bandwidth a little bit, which you really want to do. Yeah. And, you know, again, um, S-Corps LLCs, they are simple to get set up. There's really a, a limited amount of paperwork, you know, when you move into an S-Corp, yeah, you do have to do some filings. You, you do have to have board meetings and that can be a board of directors of one up to a hundred shareholders max. Um, but if you're a small corporation, uh, whether you're a solopreneur through an employee structure, escort may make sense. Uh, the mm -hmm. rules are a little bit more strict, but the um, protections are a little bit stronger. Yep. Yeah, and I, I think with the with the S corp, you know, it's it's better for for smaller C corp, better for bigger uh, bigger companies. So so kind of I, I guess kind of. Pick what you what you think you want to do with your company in the future. Uh, I think a lot of people do S corps when they're at about ten to twenty employees or less. I'd say twenty employees or less. If, if you're get if you think you're going to be above that, start thinking about the the uh, the C corp uh, a little bit more, uh, just because you can have that unlimited owners and more people can get stock. Uh, S corp, I think it's a hundred shareholder max, like you said. And, and just to kind of go back on LLC, I actually think there's unlimited owners with an LLC. Yes, sir. I think I think so. 
Um, we'll have to fact check that, uh, but I'm pretty sure um, you could be unlimited. Um, Interesting. Interesting. Um, and so let's move into C Corp. And again, if let's say you're starting a business and you think that it may have the chance to go public in the future, C Corp is really the direction you want to go. But even into the franchising world that we work in, um, many of our clients get started by redirecting retirement monies. Right, so our retirement accounts are currently invested in third-party companies and they grow at the pace depending on how aggressive our investment strategies are. And many times clients prefer to use those monies and invest them into a business they have a more active hand in growing and see the potential for those monies working more effectively for them over time in a business that they have an active hand in. And um, the downside to a C-Corp is that it's dual taxation. The C-Corp is an actual legal entity, separate and distinct from you. Um, but the positive side is it can have a self-directed retirement account that invests in not just your company, but could have a full portfolio. That's pretty cool, man. And, and I, I did not know that you had the uh, the dual taxation. And I guess that kind of makes sense because that's why they have the S-Corps because it avoids that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so, um, yeah. how does that work? How does that work? Yeah, so to refresh, um, in the LLC or S-Corp scenario, since it is part of your personal 1040 filing with the Schedule C, it's all pass-through income. There is not a dual taxation event. But because a C-Corp is a separate and distinct legal entity, its profits are taxable. Now, you can carry through losses in the corporation. Certainly, you're going to set yourself up for a salary out of it. Your medical benefits for you and your team, if appropriate, um, you know, can be a part of that expense space. Uh, certainly, a portion of your home, your vehicles. The corporation can own all of those things to reduce that taxable uh, potential consequence. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, you're being paid a salary from your corporation. And in a C-Corp situation, it's just the same as a W-2. Um, yep. In terms of your how you file your own taxes, you're being paid, paid by a separate and distinct corporation as opposed to the LLC, which is you know, part of your uh, personal tax structure. Does that make sense? Right. It does make sense, and and I, and I kind of like that. I like that idea uh, to have that that entire separation, um, just because that just I mean I think it makes a lot of sense, and uh, I think it adds an extra layer of protection, hundred um, percent, because you're so separated from the company, uh, from the corporation rather. Um, and also, it also makes sense that that's that dual taxation because that is it dual taxation or double taxation. Can yeah, tripping over the terminology a little bit, um, but I mean, you could you could sell shares of that C corp and make additional revenue and, and raise more funds at the same time, mm -hmm. which you couldn't do with anything else. That's right. So yeah, you know, getting back to the initial opening and the premise that we talked about, um, asking yourself questions about you know what sort of liability protections do I want. What tax savings advantages do I want to leverage? Uh, who's going to be involved potentially in this business? Is it partners? Is it employees? Is it a combination of both? Or am I solopreneur? Um, do I ever want to go public with my business in the future? Do I want to sell stock and shares potentially or not? 
once you've answered those questions, then I think it becomes very clear which structure might be best for you. And certainly, again, you know, LegalZoom is an excellent resource. Jason and I know quite a bit about this space. Um, but even just doing independent research, there's a lot of good stuff on the internet you can read to say, well, what's right for me and my family and how can it best benefit me and us? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, just, uh, I, I like to frame it in mind of, you know, growth and exit strategy too. You know, how, how big do you want your company to be and how do you want to leave it? Do you want to transfer it to friends, family, sell it to another buyer or something like that? Or is it something that, you know, you just want to sell completely and, and just close, close up. So the, the tax structure, you know, can make that easier or harder depending on what it is. Yep. Yeah. But, you know, at the end of the day, so we all want the same things, right? We don't want to worry about funding our later life and we don't want to worry about retiring. We want to be able to enjoy those days when we step away from working and just kind of live our life. And, the way we structure that business can give us some real advantages in terms of tax savings, in terms of investments, in terms of wealth and equity growth. Um, and it's important to give it some thought because it really can help lead in the direction that you want to go. Um, and again, it's not overly complex, not overly burdensome. Mm -hmm. Sure, there's a couple filings, but you know, when you work with online resources, they walk you through that. When you have QuickBooks, they alert you to when you have to file and do certain things. Um, not an overly burdensome thing, but an important one to think about. And again, at the end of the day, what are you trying to accomplish? I think will lead you to what is the best structure for you. I agree with that. And and also, you could try it out. I mean, you, you, you're not – in certain instances, you're not completely married to it. Just like you said with the sole proprietorship, for a startup, that makes perfect sense. But if you're doing something that's established like a franchise or a resale business or something like that where you're, you're expected to get a little bit more of an income and you know, replace you know, or, or match or replace what your current income is, at least at the very minimum, start out with an LLC. And then you can kind of start working, working your way into those corporation levels if it makes more sense. Um, but yep. you're not married to that LLC forever. Um, you you can you can change your tax structure. Yeah, good stuff. So don't well, overthink listen, it. I'm, don't <laughs> yeah, overthink it. A lot it. of yeah, people overthink yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Yeah, and you know, listen. I hope I you know I believe this session is very helpful. I know you certainly do, and I do as well, get asked questions all the time about, hey, what are these different structures and what's the benefits? And so, you know, this might be something we send out to folks that have those questions and say, hey, give this a listen. It's you know, some good background. So enjoyed the conversation. I learned a few things as well that I didn't know. Um, and I think it was a great topic. I agree, my friend. Um, yeah, hopefully everybody listening to this uh, appreciates it and hopefully it generates some more questions. I know there's a couple of things that we kind of left off here because we don't have time to talk about partnerships. We don't have time to talk about nonprofits or B Corps and, and things like that. But uh, certainly, you know, we can reach out to us and we can kind of tackle those those conversations a little bit more or we can include that in another future episode. Absolutely, my friend. Good stuff. And everyone, thank you for listening. If you got something out of this, please share. Um, feel free to add some comments and we'll put some resources in the show notes for you. 100%. All right, my friend. Always a pleasure. All right. Thanks, buddy.